This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, YA's excited to be sponsored by Book Squad Goals. That's hashtag Book Squad Goals. Want to join a book club that you can attend anywhere, anytime? Listen to Book Squad Goals, a bi-weekly podcast covering a new book each month and fun pop culture topics in between. Head to booksquadgoals.com to see the reading list and check out the Book Squad blog. Hey YA listeners might enjoy the YA Book Club blog series where we chat about new YA books each month. Listen to hashtag Book Squad Goals on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Book Squad Goals, it's the book club for your ears. Some of the recent book club picks include Sawkill Girls by Claire Legrand, and upcoming topics on the podcast include Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes with special guest Liberty Hardy from Book Riot uh, on July 15th, the new Lion King movie on July 29th, and Circe by Madeline Miller on August 12th. Thank you to Book Squad Goals. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic greets, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Kelly Jensen, that's me, and Eric Smith. We are recording on Friday, July 5th, 2019. How about those weeks with the holiday on a Thursday and being at the age where you're more annoyed that fireworks don't start until well after your bedtime so you can't enjoy them because you have to work the next day? I know, I know. And, you know, sitting there, <laughs> the, one of the joys of, of living in Philadelphia is that, you know, you can, you can voluntarily skip the fireworks. Um, but that doesn't matter because all of your neighbors <laughs> have fireworks and they are going off everywhere. <laughs> and uh, if you have a corgi, it is uh, oh, it's not man. a good time. Oh, man. We we went. My husband and I went. But it was one of those things. It's like they, they say, you know, 915. Well, we get there at like 907 and uh, we don't actually go to the actual fireworks place. We have like a secret spot we go to. And... Um, they didn't start until almost 10 o'clock, and I was like, I kept looking at my watch going, I need to be in bed. Like, this is, I've already pulled an hour past my bedtime, and um, I mean, they were great, but it was also one of those, like, man, I can't wait until the holidays on a weekend again. <laughs> yes. And, and, speaking, oh. and speaking of being a little old, uh, when you were doing the, the ad for uh, Book Squad, I was trying not to laugh because every time you said, like, Book Squad blog, uh, and it was getting, like, a little tongue twisty, I kept thinking about Arrested Development and, like, the <laughs> law, what is it, like, um, the Bob, Bob Law, Log... Law blog, the the lawyer that had that <laughs> that blog, um, it was it was amazing. <laughs> oh, and listeners are tuning in, going, I've just aged both of them. Yes. <laughs> 
what have you been reading? Let's let's bring it back to the important stuff here. Not that that stuff's not important because of course it is, but yes. you know they're tuning in for books. So well, I just finished Slay uh, by mm. Brittany Morris, and it's just oh man, I, it I don't know. It might replace Hot Dog Girl as my favorite book this year. Um, what I know, I know. Um, it's just a total treasure. I really hope it explodes the way I feel like it's going to. It's just this really fantastic geeky novel that tackles racism in gaming culture and you know just racism in life in general and it's just oh, it's just so spectacular and imaginative and i really want to be able to play uh, the game that the main character makes up in the in the in the game it was it's so much fun um, and I also started digging into some adult books um, I've been reading The Ship by Antonia Honeywell um, ultimately authors in like my agent life they they write these like sci-fi type of books that are in like these post-apocalyptic landscapes because I'm always gonna love my dystopian novels um, and it's about a 16 year old girl so it you know it's sort of YA adjacent. Um, mm-hmm. who as society begins like its last big final crumble uh, is taken away to the ship that her father has been building to save um, nearly 500 people. Um, and things go bad really quick. You know, the, the supplies are dwindling on the ship, clothes are falling apart. Uh, and you could really just see it being like a really dark YA novel. Um, but it's adult. Um, and it's just so interesting to me like reading this book that, you know, it only came out, I don't know, the end of 2017, it came out in paperback last year, um, and how frequently we hear like the oh dystopia is dead, post-apocalyptic novels are dead, and which is you know of course nonsense, but we hear it all the time in all these bad take articles, but like no one ever says that about adult books, and mm-hmm. you know here's this book that came out, and I don't know, it was making me think a lot while I was reading it about YA books, and uh, it's really great. It's it's dark and twisty and and <laughs> very messed up. It's a very Kelly book too. I think you would like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just read an adult, I I guess post, maybe post-apocalyptic is a good way to describe it, definitely dystopian um, horror by, um, it's called Moon of the Crusted Snow, Wabgobashi Rice, um, and it's very much like it's set in um, Canada at a First Nations reserve. It's an adult book, but it's super short. Um, and it's very much about like what happens when everything disappears and you have to survive for yourself and it's winter and it's cold and it's just snow and you know there's no way to communicate with the outside world and then the outside world decides to like encroach on your area thinking that that's going to be safe Ooh. and i just it, it was very much a Kelly and Eric book yeah. and also i was like man I really do have this thing for survival books. <laughs> like <laughs> i don't i don't know if maybe there's just something in the like current political landscape that makes these things feel i don't know like comfort reading um i i don't know what to say about that other than i i feel it and uh, i cannot get enough of these sorts of books and um you know there has been sort of a a rise a bit in them especially survival novels in ya in the last year or two so yeah, yeah. It, it's it's there. It's just maybe being done a little bit differently than I think people might be thinking of that genre of books when they think like Hunger Games. Um, if that, you know, like that's sort of the image that gets conjured. But there are so many different ways to sort of take this genre and, and spin it. And I think it's still I think it's still thriving. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I, I'm all about my survival books that aren't hatchet, you know, and it's uh <laughs> It's good. And, you know, it's funny. We, we're, um, 
And we're talking about those, like, survivalist books, and I was, you know, looking at some, like, roundups of, like, July YA novels, because I feel like I've been sort of missing a lot. Um, And this book popped up, and I kind of gasped, because I feel like it's a you and me book, this book called Wilder Girls by Mm -hmm. Rory Power. Um, So I haven't read it yet, because it's it's not out yet, and I haven't haven't gotten a a copy of it, but... uh, Same, same. I'm just going to read the jacket copy. Uh, So it's it's been 18 months since Raxter School for Girls was put under quarantine, since the the tox hit and pulled Hetty's life out from under her. It started slow. First the teachers died one by one. Then it began to infect the students, turning their bodies strange and foreign. Now, cut off from the rest of the world and left to fend for themselves on their island home, the girls don't dare wander outside the school's fence where the tox has made the woods and wild dangerous. Um, they wait for the cure they were promised while the tox sleeps into everything. Um, but when Bayek goes missing, Hetty will do anything to find her, even if it means breaking quarantine and braving the horrors beyond the fence. Um, but when she does, she learns that there's more more to the story, to their life at Raxter, than she could have ever thought true. So there are so many words in that jacket copy. Mm-hmm. So we have <laughs> private school, we have quarantine, we have deadly virus, we have survivalism. Um, just like that first sentence there where it's like 18 months into their school, they're put into quarantine because of a virus. Like, oh my god, like, I I don't know how I've missed hearing about this book, um, but now I need it really badly. <laughs> So do I, and I'm kind of surprised that, like, we haven't been sent, like, a million copies of this book, because, like, if there were a pie chart of where Eric's interests and Kelly's interests align, like, this book ticks them all. Yes! Oh, my goodness. Well, this book comes out at the end of the month, I think. Um, I think it's out next week. Like, I think when listeners listen, it will come out that week. Um so we're talking about it as if it's so far in the future, but listeners will be like, I've already got it on my library yes. holds list, you know, and we'll be like, okay, then um, next, next book, <laughs> we can <laughs> pretend we just discovered that nobody else has discovered. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. Pre- I pre-ordered it because uh, as soon as I saw that jacket copy, I was like, oh, yes. I am. Um, I have been uh, reading Norma Klein, obviously, oh, yes. uh, for the Hey Extra Credit. So I, I started the next one, Family Secrets, and uh, you'll like this story. I'm really excited because I'm doing this one with one of your authors, Tom yeah. Ryan. Um, we're going to talk about this book together. He and I had kind of gone back and forth about what book we would choose, and he's like, I remember reading this one, and um, I think that would be a good one. He had a little hard time tracking it down, which will be part of what we talk about, I'm sure. But um, Tom was like, can we meet at ALA? I was at ALA two weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, um, you know, my schedule's kind of tight, but um, I'd love to see you if we can, you know, find a time. And he walked through my signing line. I was signing copies of my book and he brought family secrets with him. And so, like, we got this, like, hilarious... um, you know, promotion photo of us holding the book together. I was like, I feel like I've known him forever because I've talked to him forever, but, like, this is literally the first time I've ever met him. And um, so that was a long aside to say that's what I'm reading right now, and uh, that episode will hit the week after this episode hits, and it should be be fun. Yeah. So, yes, lots of of books we're looking forward to reading, and... uh... And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, aren't we? Yes, clearly we have a brand with our, uh, our, our love of survival books. Do you want to hit the first sponsor and then we can talk about more exciting yeah, books? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's funny because I'm, I'm now I'm just thinking about, like, because you're saying, like, you know, why do we like them so much? And I don't know. I think there's this, like, deep-seated 
like belief that like I'm like you know what if that happened to me I'd be okay I know how to survive I would do this and this and that and like Eric me, you'd be crying I'd cry the whole time like I was I you know, know I was very upset <laughs> I had to wait in line for my pizza today like I don't know <laughs> how I would survive uh, being on an island with a virus. <laughs> So, yes, I don't know. There's this, there's this belief that you might make it, but I don't think I would. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, let's, let's dig into our ads and dig into all this stuff here. So, um, so for sponsor number one, uh, is, the podcast is brought to you by The Best Lies by Sarah Lou. Uh, Remy Sai used to know how her story would turn out. She was happy once. Uh, Remy had her boyfriend Jack, Elise, and her best friend, her soulmate, who understood her better than anyone else in the world. But now Jack is dead, shot through the chest, and it was Elise who pulled the trigger. Was it self-defense or something darker than anything Remy could have imagined? As the police investigate, Remy does the same, sifting through her own memories, looking for a scrap of truth that could Save the friendship that means everything to her. Gone Girl meets suicide notes from beautiful girls in this mesmerizing debut by Sarah Lou about toxic friendship that turns deadly. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, I just had another book writer tell me about that like this book was up my alley that um it's really, really good about the toxic friendship stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. Otherwise, like I don't know if I would have picked it up. Not like that it didn't sound interesting to me, but like I just didn't know what it was about. Um, and then I heard that and then reading this description, like, Ooh, yeah, that definitely does sound, sound up my alley. Yeah. Toxic friendships. Yes, please. All for it. So, uh, we kind of, um, alluded to what we were going to talk about, didn't we? Kind of, sort of. Well, yeah, you know, we were talking about trends in the fact that, um, you know, we're seeing a lot more of these survivalist books, uh, written in new and different, interesting ways, um, you know, ways that aren't hatchets and, uh, (laughs) Yeah. You've really got the hatchet for hatchet today. I know, I know. Um, Yeah, I think it might be fun to dig into trends we're seeing uh, in YA books. Um, I feel like this is something that I end up talking about a lot in, like, my agent life. Um, Mm -hmm. Because writers, you know, they always want to know what the hot new trend is so they can potentially write to it. Um, Which, hi, if you're a writer listening in, don't do this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it's important to think about how publishing works when it comes to chasing trends. Um, And that, like, the hot new thing that's hot right now was a book that was sold like two or sometimes three years ago. So, Mm -hmm. you know, right now we're like, oh, wow, these new interesting survivalist stories are all sort of coming out at once, which means it was kind of floating around in the air like two to three years ago. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm not saying don't write the survivalist book because me and Kelly will read it. Just make sure it's different. (laughs) Um, But, you know, just make sure you're writing the story you care about as opposed to chasing the trend. Yeah. Um... And it's always interesting because I feel like we see a lot of trend um, pieces that come out at the beginning of a year. Mm. I actually think it's more interesting to talk about it about mid-year because you read more and you um, really kind of get a better sense of what you are seeing and what you aren't seeing. And and you can kind of go at it at a little bit of a deeper level. Um, so, so, for example, one of the things that I've seen this year, um, I've seen and I... I don't like calling this a trend because um, I, I don't think when I think trend, I think it will end at some point um, mm. or like it's just flashy and splashy right now. And, you know, a year from now, we might not see it. But I have seen a good rise in the number of YA books that are set internationally. Um, 
I think that with own voices gaining momentum and the need for more inclusive stories also uh, really becoming a focus in, in the YA world, um, that we're just seeing more YA books that are set abroad. Um, so a few that I, I like was just like quickly coming up with the ones like off the top of my head that I can think of. Um, um, the nice thing is there's such a variety of genres too. Like you get historical fiction, you get fantasy, you get realistic fiction, uh, thriller. So some of the ones that I pulled on my list um, include The Gilded Wolves by Roshni Chokshi, which is set in France. The Love and Lies of Ruxana Ali by Sabina Khan, which is set in Bangladesh. Love from A to Z by S.K. Ali, set in Qatar. We had The Weight of Our Sky by Hannah Alkaf, set in Malaysia. Bright Burning Stars by A.K. Small, set in France. Let's Go Swimming on Doomsday, which is like the best YA book title I can think of this year. So good. Uh, By Natalie C. Anderson, which was set in Kenya. Then we have When the Ground is Hard by Mala Nunn, which is set in Swaziland. Dear Haiti with Love by Micah and Maritza Molite in Haiti. And then um, one other one on my list was The Things She's Seen by Amberlynn and Ezekiel Kwamalina, set in the Australian Aboriginal community. And as I was writing this list and just saying them out loud, there's another one that just came out too. Um, that's a survivalist novel about a plane crash. It's in South America somewhere in the Amazon. Um, and it's a James Patterson book. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm talking no, about? I have seen that. Um, yeah. I don't when We the Were title. Lost or yes. something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I love this. I think it's like long overdue that we see more books that are said internationally. And I hope that this continues and that it's far more of a thing that just happens rather than a thing that you start to notice, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Like, and I think you yeah. said like the right thing there where you're talking about how it's like, you know, it's like not a trend. It's it's something yeah. that's just uh, happening to, you know, get a little bit more momentum, which makes me very happy because um, I, I, I know you do too, whatever those, uh, you know, hot take YA articles hit and it's like, <laughs> oh, look at the, the trend of, you know, diverse books. I'm yeah. like, well, you know, uh, I'm not a beanie baby or a Furby, mm-hmm. so sure. uh, let's, not, let's not call it that. Um, so, right. Yeah, and, and I think it only, like, I think people think of it as a trend in a marketing way, which feels really gross. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, that's not... Uh, that's not what it is at all. Like it's a reflection of the world. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of what people are like. And and this I think is, is a great step toward better recognizing and better seeing that like the world is bigger than, you know, this one spot in the USA. It's bigger than New York city. It's bigger than, you know, Los Angeles. It's bigger than Texas. Like, um, so having these stories set everywhere is such a like refreshing thing to see. Yes. I am a fan um, let me see. Well, let me think about what trends am I seeing now that are that are actual trends. Um, mm-hmm. so I feel like we're seeing like a bundle of like really great like Y space opera in the in the past year um, or past years. Um, you know the Red Rising series, the Illuminae series, um, even like Marissa Meyer's like the the Cinder. Uh, what are they called? The 
Oh shoot! I know it's not the Cinder series, but it's like the Winter Chronicles. The or Luminaire. Yeah, Chronicles. yeah. Um, Beth Revis's Across the Universe books. Um, you know, those have been around you know a while. Um, but with like the rise of like Star Trek and Star Wars movies and television shows mm-hmm. and everything else, uh, I feel like we're getting more and more time in the spotlight again for our unique YA space opera e books. Um, like a. Ashley Poston's Heart of Iron series, which I adore. The the sequel, Soul of Stars, is uh, coming out this month. Uh, Sky, Scott Retkin's uh, Nixia trilogy, which are these really weird and twisty uh, sci-fi space opera books. Um, I don't know if I told you, but I get confused for him quite often because his author photo has him with a flat <laughs> cap and a beard. Um, <laughs> someone came up to me at a YA festival with a paperback of his and was like, I love this book. Can you sign it for me? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I am not him. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and then even a series in my agent life. I, I worked on Sangu Mandana's uh, Spark of White Fire series, which is a, a space opera uh, set in the uh, you know Mahab- inspired by the Mahabharata. Um, so I'm really glad we're seeing these like more unique space opera books hitting. And I feel like it's not a trend that's going to slow down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, simply due to the fact that you know pop culture and movies are going to be influencing this for for a while. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a trend I'm liking a lot because those are the books that I certainly would have inhaled as a teen. <laughs> I think I think what you were saying about especially pop culture influencing that trend, I think that uh, that ties in nicely to this one we've talked about before a little bit, but um, I want to bring up again because it's just it continues to just like explode, and that's the. Um, I think we're in the age of tie-in novels and novel adaptations, mm-hmm. particularly from comics. So, um, you know, we've had novelizations of Stranger Things. We've had novelizations of uh, Rooster Teeth, which is a game, if I'm... No, no, that's the show, right? There's a show, and then there was a game, and I can't remember what the name of the game was. Yeah, that, so the, uh, the Rooster Teeth people do those, um, those like, really funny, like, Halo videos and yes. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a there's another one, and I literally I'm thinking about it now and don't have it on my list. But there is a YA book that just came from a video game that's really popular. Um, and then we also have like Avatar: The Last Airbender just came out with a novel um, by F. C. Lee. And then we have all of these DC and Marvel comics that are made into YA novels. So you know we've got Wonder Woman and Catwoman and Batman for DC, and then we have Black Widow and the upcoming Loki and Carol Danvers novels from Marvel. Um, and then when I was putting my notes together, so Wednesday, two days ago, um, there was just a an announcement about a YA novel uh, series based on the Fence manga series, um, which I know a lot of readers will be super excited about if they don't know about that yet. Um, and then Star Wars tie-ins, those are still exist, you know, still out there and still, still huge. Um, we've always had these tie-ins and adaptations, but I feel like there's been a real upswing in the last year or two. And I think it's a really great thing. Um, it connects people to the things they love in alternate formats and it also introduces a new thing to people who are purists in those formats so um somebody who you know quote doesn't read comics picks up the catwoman novel and is suddenly like oh i get it now Mm -hmm. um whether or not they go to the comics like they also then build that sort of um pop cultural literacy if you will (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm all about the uh, media tie-in books. Uh, when I was a kid, 
I loved the the Magic the Gathering tie-in novels. <laughs> mm-hmm. I read them all the time. Did I ever tell you this story about the Magic books? I don't remember. I don't so, so uh, you know, I, I had all these Magic the Gathering novels. I had maybe close to, like, two dozen of them when my wife and I were moving out of my bachelor pad into a proper apartment. Uh, and I went down to the uh, used bookseller, and I brought a bunch of books I didn't want anymore. And then I proceeded to walk around the store while they were, you know, checking them all in at the desk. And then when I came back, he gave me, like, a little, you know, a little, little gift card for all the books I had traded in. And then slid the box of all my Magic the Gathering books back at me and was like... We don't we don't need these. <laughs> I was like, oh no, but they're good, I swear. Um, so yeah, media tie-in books, I, I am a fan. I still have them. <laughs> What's next on your list of um, trends that you're seeing? Uh one one is like a trend that I, I feel like is going to be a trend that happens and maybe hasn't mm-hmm. quite happened yet. Um and that's um uh the dawn of like literary YA horror. Um I'm a big fan of like Kim Lidget. I know I've talked about her a few times, and I feel like Blood and Salt uh and Heart of Ash kind of did this a little bit. Um but with like the the sort of artsy and like complex horror films uh we've been getting out of Hollywood lately and with uh tour books launching a horror specific imprint this year, like I feel like we're really due to see YA that feels like watching like Get Out or watching like Bird Box, you know, like mm. like horror novels that are a lot less about like you know the jump scares and you know the gore and whatnot. Um and that's a lot more personal, you know. Um you know, more about the, the what-ifs that keep us up at night as opposed to the things that, you know, go bump uh, in mm-hmm. the night. Um, I think I can't really say I, I, I've seen it just yet, uh, but I think I'm I'm positive it's coming. Um, and this is coming from, like, my agent brain. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I sure hope it does because that is, like, my favorite thing. Um, I just love it so much. Me too. Uh, my next one kind of ties into the first thing and I think is definitely more trend than thing that continue will continue to grow. Um, there's been a lot of books that dig into Korean pop culture or have a Korean setting and then tie it into the pop culture or don't. Um, so that's like a very specific thing that I've noticed in a number of books and love it. Um, I think it, it feels, um, it feels right. I feel like just... In the U.S., there's been an explosion of interest in, in K-pop and uh, K-dramas. And so, like, this feels like it just fits. Um, Wicked Fox by Kat Cho is one of the books that um, I pulled in here. Maureen Goose, Somewhere Only We Know. Rebel Soul and the forthcoming sweet sequel, Rogue Heart by Axie O. Oh, they all sort of go into that K-pop or other Korean pop culture and mythology, like that's at their core. And then another one that I've seen very little about so far, um, I have it sitting on my e-reader and just haven't gotten to it yet, is um, one that's darker and I guess less pop culture um, based or digging into any Korean pop culture is uh, Bloody Soul by uh, Sonia Patel. So I'm interested in reading that one and seeing like where that fits in with sort of this this little little trend going on. K-pop books, yes, please, and we love mm-hmm. we love Maureen Goo here on the mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, those are the only two trends I had on mind. Do you have anything else you want to dig into? I was just gonna gonna mention that um, 
and we've talked about this on the show, abortion activism and political engagement mm-hmm. are like mm-hmm. having a moment. And and I think they have been for the last year, year and a half for sure. And I think that we're going to see even more because uh, Becky Albertalli and Alicia Saeed have a book coming out um, on that. Brandy Colbert's next book will take that on. Um, I feel like I saw another one, too, that was about voting or about activism, um, and it's slipping my tongue, but it makes perfect sense. We're in an era where, you know, this is this is a big, big deal and a big interest, particularly for young people. And um, after the election happened in 2016, I think people were writing and really focusing on including that a little bit more if it wasn't already on their brain mm-hmm. uh, to work on. And now that we're getting into 2019, Time-wise, you know, a year to write the book, a year to edit, like, this is prime. Like, we're going to see more and more. And oh, yeah. um, I'm really excited to see, like, what else we see uh, playing with these these big topics. Yeah, and I think Sean David Hutchinson has that, like, that meet-cute oh, yeah. YA about, like, the Republican teen and the Democrat teen yes. who meet. Um, that looks really cute. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. Like, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of really unique takes on it that... Um, I think it's just missing in YA right now. And so, like, this has been a great, I mean, politically awful, but I mean, in terms of like creative output, it has been great. Yeah. Um, you know, people are, are using that anger and using all the things that are just too devastating to even express, express like in any logical sense of expression they're using those feelings and and thoughts to to create the stuff that i think is is going to have like a huge impact and particularly going to speak to young people who are living this like they're living this they're seeing it like there's no hiding the reality of the world from from young people and um i think speaking to them and with them is is really empowering yeah no i agree these are yeah these are the books i want to see yes please um i also put in here anthologies are thriving um i mean don't you have one that's on sale right now i feel like i i do i have that my feminism book uh here we are feminism for the real world it's on sale for two bucks this month which is kind of cool but um like beyond wanting to say that um like that wasn't actually the plan for this theme uh (laughs) (laughs) or this this trend but um there have been a lot coming out and there's more to come and i really love them um they're these really well-rendered and um, interesting, powerful topics. So we have um, His Hideous Heart, edited by Dahlia Adler coming, which is um, Edgar Allan Poe retellings. Then we have Laura Silverman and Catherine Locke's It's a Whole Spiel, which is a collection of own voices Jewish stories. And then the announcement that I've been like waiting for, because I kind of heard whisperings about this being a thing that might happen. Um, there's a book about rural teens coming next year and I cannot wait to read it. It's called uh, Rural Voices, edited by Nora Shalloway Carpenter. I think that's Candlewick that it's coming out with. Um, and then this year we also had Black Enough by Ibi Boy, and then we have the forthcoming Color Between the Lines about interracial romance from one of your authors, yeah. uh, Sangu Mandana. So I think that, that we're going to continue to see that and I think we're going to continue to see these... Um, collections of stories that really focus on identity and um, experiences that we've seen in books and that we'll continue to see in, you know, full length novels, but something about having them in a whole package, I think is really 
not just important, I don't like using that word, but I think it's really validating. And especially for young people to see it on the shelf and be like, oh, this whole book of stories features people like me. Um, you know, whatever their background is. I think that that's, that we'll continue seeing that for a while and that that's a really great, great thing about anthologies that can't necessarily be done um, book by book. Yes, I'm very excited for... Uh... For all of those. Uh, so what do we have next that we want to talk about? Well, first we should hit the next sponsor. Oh, yes. Uh, I'll get it. Um, this is a, a little bit of a different sponsor. So if you're listening and you're like, all right, what, what book are you going to tell me about? We're not going to tell you about a book. You're <laughs> going to do the work for this one. Um, we just wanted to pause and thank you all so much for listening to the show. And then we wanted to ask if um, you like what you hear that you share the podcast on your social media with your friends, your family, or even your nemesis, if you think they'll like the show. Um, when you do shout us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, tag us at Book Riot so we can thank you. Uh, you might want to, like, screenshot a timestamp on your favorite bad jokes in the show. Hint, hint, Eric's pizza crying joke would be a great spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you show off the books that you picked up because you heard about them here or anything else that strikes your fancy, we just love hearing from you guys and appreciate your support and spreading the word about us. So, yeah, hit us at the um, Book Riot handle across social media and yeah just show us show us what you're listening to what you're reading and know how much we appreciate it um i got a really sweet email from a reader yesterday in fact i got it this morning because i didn't work yesterday who um said she didn't think she read norma klein and then as she was listening to me talk about it in an extra credit episode she was like I realized I did read it, and then I read it way too young. That like <laughs> I was not old enough for it, and no, it was just a, it was a nice, sweet email, and I don't know, I appreciate that, and I know you appreciate when we get love letters instead of angry. Why are you making fun of Hatchet emails? <laughs> yes, <laughs> which we have gotten. Um, so, so thank you all, and let's let's hit our next topic, which is books, books to, to beat, beat the, the heat. heat. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about survivalism. We're talking about the winter and things being cold. So, yeah, this works. <laughs> um, I thought it would be fun to highlight YA books about the extremes of cold and the extremes of heat, um, as evidenced by the book title or what it's about. Uh, because why not? Summer's here in the north and northern hemisphere, and winter is, you know, running high in the southern hemisphere. We see you, Aussie listeners. We yes. see you. We want to we want to shout you out too. So of course, yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah. So first up is uh, "Looking for Alaska" by John Green. When they when they finally find Alaska, it's a nice, cool place <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> I am of course kidding. Um, so the... <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> People are unsubscribing as as I talk. <laughs> Um, so the first one I wanted to bring up is uh, one I haven't read yet, um, and that is uh, Winter Spell by Claire Legrand. We talked about uh, her book earlier. Um, so, yeah, I've been... But, oh, shoot, what is the, the movie... I don't know. I have the, you know, I do have an adorable toddler, and I've been slowly going through every Disney movie, and that recent, like, high-budget special effects Nutcracker film popped up recently. Um, so that's in my queue to watch with a toddler, and then I remember this podcast. And then I remembered Claire has this uh, lovely book. Um, set in New York City in 1899, 
Clara Stoll, the mayor's ever proper daughter, leads a double life. Since her mother's murder, she is secretly trained in self-defense with the mysterious Drosselmeyer. Then, on Christmas Eve, disaster strikes. Her home is destroyed, her father abducted uh, by beings not distinctly human. Uh, to find him, Clara journeys to the war-ravaged land of Cain. Her only companion is dethroned Prince Nicholas, bound by a wicked curse. There to survive, she has no choice but to trust him, but his haunted eyes burn with secrets and a need she can't define. With the dangerous, seductive fairy queen and niece hunting them, Clara soon realizes she won't leave Kane unscathed if she leaves at all. Uh, and the reason I brought up the Nutcracker movie is that this book is inspired by the Nutcracker. Um, and it is a dark, timeless fairy tale about love and war, uh, longing and loneliness, and a girl who must learn to live without fear. Uh, and that is uh, Winterspell by Claire Legrand. So my first pick is Trapped by Michael Northrup and as uh, somebody who lives through infinite winter, um, I think about this book way too much <laughs> and it, it just like, it, it gives me the chills, like no pun intended every time I, I think about it. Um, what would happen if it's so cold and the blizzard is so bad where you're at that you're stuck in school because nobody can get to you to get you out? That's the premise here. Um, a group of high schoolers have to survive out the storm from inside their high school. Uh, there aren't any adults around because they all left. Uh, they knew the weather was coming. They, you know, they booked it out of there. But some of these kids were there uh, working on secret projects or working on just like after school activities. Um, and, and so they have to figure out how they're going to survive. You know, there isn't heat when the power goes out. There isn't water well there's water but like you can't warm it up you don't know if the pipes are going to freeze um how do they reach their families who don't know where they're at uh this book further solidified me into the do not like winter because it is full of unknown horror potential camp um and that is trapped by michael northrop Nice. Uh, so my next pick is a super underrated book and a, a one of those genre masher uh, novels that I like so much, and that is uh, The Well's End by Seth Fishman. Um, man, it's always so hard to describe this book without ruining the ending of the book. <laughs> um, so just an FYI to readers, if you look up this book after listening, uh, do not look up any information about the sequel, because it is a duology, and if you read about the sequel, it will ruin the first book for you. Um, so it takes place, uh, it is Super cold. Everything is awful. Uh, there's a dark, dark well full of mysteries on the nearby Westbrook Academy. Um, and people suddenly start dying of old age, uh, even as... Uh, teenagers, uh, they're they're starting to uh, age really quickly in like a matter of hours. The deaths are gruesome and terrible. Uh, soldiers storm into the the campus and surround the town, quarantining everyone, um, shooting people, trying to just contain whatever this horrifying virus is. Um, and it's about a teen trying to figure out just what is going on and how her family is potentially tied uh, to this virus that is. Uh, that is happening here, and maybe it has to do with that uh, that strange well. Uh, you know, hence the mm. the title, the Wells End. There, um, so it's a book that blends, you know, some thrillers, some sci-fi, some fantasy elements, uh, all into one book. And yeah, it's a it's a favorite that not a lot of people have read. So I, I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, the Wells End by Seth Fishman, and uh, yeah, 
It's for you, those of you who want to cool off because it's it is set in uh, in quite the freezing uh, landscape. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about notes for my captivity by Kathy Parks because if Eric gets to talk about hot god hot dog girl all the time, <laughs> I get to talk about this one all the time. We all um, have our book. <laughs> um, speaking of survival novels. <clears throat> Uh, teen girl is working on an essay to get into her dream journalism school, and she decides that she's going to debunk her stepfather's research uh, and work on this hermit family that lives deep off-grid in Siberia. She doesn't believe it exists, um, where her stepfather is, like, obsessed with, with this family and um, everything that they do. So Adrian is super skeptical until uh, she follows her stepfather there during summer vacation and discovers that mm, maybe he was right. Maybe this family really exists there. Mm. Um, so this one combines the cold world of Siberia as well as Adrian's summer vacation. So I, you get both of them there. Uh, plus wilderness survival is our brand here. And the reality of summer living is also our brand here. Uh, whatever that means. I wrote it down. I thought it sounded great. So we're going to go with it. Um, <laughs> I don't, but I dug it. I love this book. And it's funny. And it's just, it's packed with humor and um, heart and survival. And it's it's a surprising, surprising little gem. And that is Notes from My Captivity by Kathy Parks. Nice. And you know what's funny? As we were talking and I was talking about... Seth Fishman's book and the winter and everything being really cold. Uh, I remembered uh, Shiver by Maggie Stiefvater. And, oh, yeah. You know, I know it's like a, you know, it's a book that's like 10 years old. We don't really talk about, I guess, quote unquote, older YA books all that often. Um, so I thought I'd bring it up really quick in case readers uh, somehow missed out on this or you're just getting into YA now. Um, it's about a uh, teen girl who's sort of... I, don't know, I guess I guess you could say she kind of obsesses over the wolves that are in her yard. She was attacked by a wolf as a kid. Uh, now she thinks about it uh, all the time. And there's one wolf that that seems to have you know slightly more, I guess, human eyes than than the rest of them. I think I think it has like <laughs> yellow eyes. Um, meanwhile, we get the perspective of that wolf, who turns out uh, he is something of a werewolf. He is, uh, but they're not really werewolves, right? They're like they just turn into wolves and then fairly normal wolves and then turn back into people. Um, so she falls for this boy who can shift from wolf to human, but once it gets nice and warm out, he cannot shift back uh, and is potentially coming up on the, the, the sort of age where he, he won't be able to turn back again and will be a wolf forever. Um, so it's this like sort of warm, despite it being cold out, romance between this girl and this this wolf boy. And there are there are three novels in the series and uh yeah, I mean they're they're a lot of fun. I don't know if you've ever read these, Kelly, but I, I loved them when I had read them. I read the first one, but it read it like when it came out, so like my memory of it is is zero. <laughs> yeah. They're fun. I really like these books. Um yeah. So it's a it's a it's a fun uh from that, uh, I guess that that twilight age of YA, and uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I like my I like my swoony werewolf boy book. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if you hadn't already like given me the perfect show title, that would have been it. <laughs> uh, my next pick, and probably my last pick, is Winter Song by S. J. Jones, which Ooh. is a duology. Um, and to let me preface this by saying I haven't read it. Though I love JJ's writing. Um, she has just like this beautiful style. Um, and 
The book is based a bit on the movie Labyrinth and pulls from a variety of fairy tales, including the Goblin King. So I'm going to read the description of this one. Um, All her life, Lysol has heard tales of the beautiful, dangerous Goblin King. They've enraptured her mind and spirit and inspired her musical compositions. Now 18 and helping to run her family's inn, Lysol can't help but feel her musical dreams and childhood fantasies are slipping away. But when her own sister is taken by the Goblin King, Lysol has no choice but to journey to the underground to save her. Drawn to the strange, captivating world she finds and the mysterious man who rules it, she soon faces an impossible decision. With time and the old laws working against her, Lysol must discover who she is, who she truly is, before her fate is sealed. And that is Winter Song by S.J. Jones. Yes, love that book. Um, and then I'm just going to throw in some quick uh, graphic novel bonus picks. Um, yeah. So there's Blankets by Craig Thompson, which is just like. I mean, the book just looks like it's covered in snow throughout the entire book. Mm-hmm. That, that soft blue-white palette. Um, and then maybe even Essex County by Jeff Lemire. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like I know, I'm pretty sure it's an adult graphic novel, but it has like that crossover there um, because there's all these themes about coming of age in a small town, uh, the pressure to be able to do just do one thing right, which is play hockey in order to escape, uh, and sort of the spirals that happened as a result, you know, of, you know, if you don't make it, if you do make it, uh, what's your family life going to be like later? Um, it is just a mammoth book. It is a huge graphic novel, but just, ugh. It's worth it for every single page. It's like emotionally, it's emotionally devastating and just really, really fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that was an Alex Award winner. So I would not be surprised. Bo- yeah. No. Um, and I think that it's broken up into uh, volumes as well because I feel like I read uh, the first volume of it many years ago, um, but not like the giant, the whole thing. Yeah, that book. Whew, yes. <laughs> I think that's our show for today. All right. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in this week. If you've got any feedback about the show, leave it on Apple Podcasts. That lets us know how we're doing and helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors, Book Squad Goals, the podcast, as well as The Best Lies by Sarah Lou. And also a reminder to tag book riot if there's anything on the show that you loved if we've picked up a book on our recommendations if you want to chide us for talking about the same couple of books um <laughs> if you're over our hatchet jokes or if you want more hatchet jokes we'll take either side of those things um we'd love to hear it uh you can follow me kelly jensen on twitter and instagram as veronica kelly mars and you can follow eric on twitter and instagram as eric smith rocks I will talk to you next week with a special edition of Hey YA Extra Cut It. And then Eric and I will be back again in two weeks to talk to you on a full episode. All right. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>